Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Please welcome to our podcast studio, none other than <laughs> Matt Wood. Hey, round of applause. Sorry. Yeah. That's the second round of applause I've gotten this morning. This morning? Mm-hmm. Oh, My man. wife always gives me a round of applause when I leave the house. <laughs> In fact, I woke her up because she was still asleep. Honey. It's time to get up. I'm leaving. Yeah. Told you to set the alarm. You know. <laughs> True to our season three fashion, our second guest is also named Matt. Yep. We're, we are <laughs> yeah. nothing if not consistent. I know. The mid-70s. What a time. <laughs> to name your kid Matt. Yep. They don't even write it. They just have a stamp. <laughs> yeah, we got one of those. All these parents were like, hey, we're, we're done with key parties. We're going to have a party where we just name all our yeah, kids we're, Matt. Yeah, we're post-key party. <laughs> I wonder what the pre-key party names are. Barry? <laughs> no, that is key party territory key party? right there, yeah. yeah. Barry was leading the key party. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Susan. Mm-hmm. Deborah. Susan. <laughs> Deb. Suze. Suze. Babs. Babs. Definitely Barbara. Yeah. Linda. Oh, Linda. Wood here is one of my oldest and closest friends, dating back to actually pre-high school, but really high school is where we became friends. Right. Hanging out together in Russian class. Oh, it's kind of where oh we gosh, solidified yeah. this. My son country. takes, Graham takes Russian really? right now. Yeah. He probably already knows more than I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I totally said that. Yeah. Steven's just never took notes. I don't know. He would sit right behind me and draw. No, I was in front of you. Oh, you're in front of me. Yeah. And then would draw in my notebook and would just wonder how I was getting a B. This is like May. You know, we've been yeah. in a year yeah. and I remember him doing something. I go, how do you do that? And he looked at me like. It's the alphabet. Like, it's just, it was, this wasn't Spanish three or something like right. that. This was just this dude, his last name was Kobijanic, yep. who wanted to be called Bad K. Hey, hey, hey. he does it great. I'm uh, Bad K. Uh, kids, uh, uh, I'm Mr. Kobijanic, but uh, you could call me uh, Bad K. Like, yeah, you guys go. Yeah. <laughs> this class consisted of him showing us. Billy Crystal's Midnight, Midnight Train yeah, to Moscow. Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, White Knights. <laughs> yeah. With Baryshnikov and somebody. Oh, Gregory, Gregory Hines. Gregory yeah. Hines. Yeah. And every day ended, talk about stalling for time. Yeah. The last 10 minutes is him walking around to each individual student. And he'd come up to you and he would go, uh, Metvey. Uh, this that, is so true. Yeah. He'd be like, Metvey. Volubitja Juicy Fruit. Volubitja Juicy Fruit. Still doesn't know. He still doesn't know. Right? It's like, I've got it. And then you had to answer either Dalu Blue, which means, yes, I want some juicy fruit. Yeah. Or Nyet, Nilu Blue. Same question every day. Every day. He would have the juicy fruit in his hand. Volubitja Juicy Fruit. Yeah. And Dalu Blue, yeah, and then you Dalu would take Blue. some juicy fruit. Because who doesn't Dalu Blue juicy fruit? <laughs> I mean, so he went through so much juicy fruit. Yeah. <laughs> One day we were walking down the hall. Do you remember this? Yes. Crowded hall. He's yeah. like five seven. He's not that big. Oh, yeah. He's just happy, bopping along. Yeah. You know, kind of on the other side. As he walked by, out of the side of my mouth, I was just like, "Flubicha, it's a juicy fruit." And then as the crowd carries him away, he turns around, doesn't see who said it. He just goes, "Dalu Blue." <laughs> <laughs> just I just, I just, I just imagine this guy just like walking, you turn around, he's like walking down the hall, doesn't turn his back and just pumps his fist in the air. <laughs> Pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was an incredible class. And the worst part is Matt had fulfilled his language requirement at that point. But the next year I had to take Russian too <laughs> uh, without him. 
and yeah. still knew nothing. And he had some sort of weird partnership with Juicy Fruit, like a shadow marketer for Juicy yeah. Fruit. Like, we got to infiltrate the schools. Wow. It's a Russian that? company. That seems so obvious now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking of Russian, what album are we covering today, Matt Wood? Teenage Fan Club, Bandwagon-esque. guys are russian aren't they yeah close. they're not american so i don't know yeah you just assume everybody's russian <laughs> yeah right <laughs> as always we like to start with our memories matt lay i want you to start us off what is your memory of teenage fan club this may not be correct but i have a, i've always felt like this album was the first album i ever bought sight unseen or i guess hearing unheard i don't know what the equivalent of that is if you, you just saw the money bag on the cover i saw the money bag i was like i gotta <laughs> have it me and I, I don't remember if it was after i think it was spin magazine named it album of the yeah, year and you're yeah. infamously beating out nirvana's nevermind 99 percent sure i'd never heard any of the songs on it but i'd read enough about it maybe it had something to do with like every review about teenage fan club ever mentions big star mm-hmm. you know and i'd read enough like REM interviews where they were mentioning Big Star. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, this seems to fit. I remember buying the cassette and then just immediately falling in love from the, the get-go. Even today, I, can't, I couldn't tell you, like, which member of the band sings this right. or write, writes this or any any of that stuff. Like, I never, like, got so into them that I tried to dig into, like, who the, all these guys were. But just collectively, like, there's just something so magical about you know, all of their albums, but this one in particular. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you mentioned hearing REM talk about Big star because back then pre-internet, if a band referenced other bands, yeah, then you would immediately be interested. Like, whoa, yeah, how do I find out about them? Right. Yeah, it was hard to find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really had to go digging to get some information. Yeah. Back then, I mean, it was magazines, really. <laughs> Unless you got your hand on some sort of catalog, otherwise it was hard to get a broader view. Yeah. That Spin or Rolling Stone wasn't pushing. It also seemed to be very reliant on older friends you know like we talked mm-hmm, about it yeah. with like driving and crying it was like you know, Matt O'Neill said an older brother comes back from boarding school hey I heard this and mm-hmm. for me like my sister's again she's eight years older than me so she would introduce me to some things mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have heard otherwise once you even heard of something then how did you consume it in Dunn North Carolina we didn't have like a plethora of, of right. really good independent music stores <laughs> and yeah, things I guess, like that yeah I picture you going to that music store where they sold sheet music and asking. Oh, yeah. Uh, Boykins. <laughs> yep. yep. I was telling them last time how I went up to Boykins and got the sheet music for Bobby Brown and uh, learned how the, to play My Prerogative. My Prerogative. Yeah. Oh, I was just singing My Prerogative yesterday. What? But like a jokey version. I don't yeah. remember what it was. It was probably about a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. You know. But it comes out. It comes my Prerogative. <laughs> Matt Lyle, I didn't mention last time that when I say the sheet music, I mean, not for me to sing along to. It was the play, and you also played the melody with your right hand. Anyway. Were you playing piano? I knew how to. Oh, you lost that. Yeah, I did. In a big way. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned, Matt, when I played music from high school on, 10 years past college, and multiple bands. Mm-hmm. What were these bands' names? Well, what's our earliest one? Is it Fezzik's Peanut? Fezzik's Peanut. Yeah. Okay. Which was from The Princess Bride's. Enough of that! Fezzik, are there rocks ahead? 
If they are, we all be dead. No more rhymes now, I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? Yeah! That's so smart. Thanks. And clever. Yeah. yeah. God. Post college was uh, Encyclopedia Roctanica. Yeah. Everything goes down easy. It's hard to stay when your heart is racing. Everything goes down easy. Everything goes down easy. It's hard to stay when your heart is racing. Everything goes down easy. Maybe the greatest band name ever the best part is seeing that on posters because people would have names like low oh, yeah. or dig you know like yeah. these one and uh. then ours is like wrapping around to the second line <laughs> sideways yeah <laughs> encyclopedia rock tan again mm-hmm. that's yeah. awesome we opened up for fugazi <laughs> how is that I forget this. How was that? There's like, I like, like just leaving it out there. Convoluted. Uh, we we got into the Mac Rock Festival, which is this Mid Atlantic College Radio okay. Festival, and it's bands for days, and you get 20 minutes. Yeah. We went on at 5:30 p.m. We were the opening band. Okay. And Fugazi went on at 12:30. So there was like <laughs> 10 bands in between us or something, but still, you well, know, we kicked it off. Yeah, we kicked yeah. it off. They yeah, closed yeah. it out. We had a good, pretty good show. Y'all had a good show. Oh, that's right. We, <laughs> Jeff and I showed up like a minute before we were supposed to go on. We are probably late. Yeah, so this is a big deal, right? Yeah. This show. Yeah. And I'd gotten there separately from them. They were driving up from Raleigh. So I'm thinking, okay, not a big deal. I set up on stage, and the people are saying, hey, when are they going to get here? When are they going to get here? I was like, they'll be here. Actually, we, we went on at five. So I set up on stage. My drums are set up, and there's nobody in front of me. And I'm thinking, like, nobody's going to be here. But for these kids who bought tickets for this Mid-Atlantic College radio thing, mm-hmm. they're all excited. And by five, it's packed. There's people all oh, there's in there. like three to four hundred people in staring there. Staring at me sitting up there at a drum kit. They're like, whoa, this guy's going to kill it. You know, it's just a drummer. <laughs> and we're still like 25 minutes away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they got there like 10 after and all our friends helped load them in. So Fastest th- load in ever. Threw it up on stage. Did a few songs. They're all amped up, like, we've been driving 100 miles an hour. And then they get up and like... Yeah, no pre-show jitters or pressure, because literally we just walked in, tuned up, and it was like being a pro, really, because everything was set up. It's like how U2 does it. They just like fly in, everything's set up. Yeah, Jeff and I had the conversation on the way, like, let's do this how U2 does it. We'll tell Stevens about it later. I'm sure it'll be fine. But yeah, all those kids were in front of Jeff, because he is like the Johnny Greenwood, you know, just with mm-hmm. pedals and stuff. And this is back then, like, people didn't have a lot of pedals. Yeah. And Jeff had some vintage pedals. Yeah, that's right. He had some, yeah. Did some really crazy stuff with it. And now they would all just be crowded around. So he was feeling the vibes, you know, yeah. and doing his thing because he was getting all this glory from the crowd. Oh, yeah, those kids love it. <laughs> to Jeff and I, it's like a great experience. <laughs> yeah, that's why every time they bring it up, it's like, man, that was a great show. I'm like, no. No, no, really I wasn't. was anxiously sitting on stage with hundreds of people staring at me, nervous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Sorry about that. <laughs> I wish I'd tried to play something. Just <laughs> kill time. Just Phil Collins. Wipe out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A really long extended just... <laughs> Dude did wipe out for 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then there are these indie kids, so they're a little bit self-conscious. They're like, is this cool? They're yeah. looking for somebody mm-hmm. to be like, is this cool? Do I like wipe out? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wood, what about you? What's your memory of Teenage Fan Club? Well, this is pretty apt for us because 
I have your CD sitting here in front of me. So yeah, I got into them because of you at some point. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly remember when it was, but I know that it wasn't 91. Well, that's high school. It's like you're always sharing yeah. passing stuff back and forth. And you and always had stuff crabs. from like... Gross. <laughs> 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 you don't know? <laughs> the coronavirus of the day. <laughs> crabs. Crabs. Yeah. Yeah. People were freaking out about crabs. <laughs> like, remember the lockdown? Yeah. Oh. You couldn't get into the country because of crabs. <laughs> but I remember specifically the cover being a thing. Mm-hmm. Matt, you probably thought the same mm-hmm. thing, right, when you saw it. And I was reading recently that the guy um, who did it, which I think is one of the guitar players, just got some clip art. He wanted to intentionally create a boring or ugly record cover as a comment against the industry needing to flash up everything Mm -hmm. at the time. And so that's how the cover... perfect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It ends up being this really iconic thing, but he just wanted to make it look dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think the other guys really liked it that much at first either. Wow. It really is, though. It kind of gets stands out. Yeah. They're just like, no, we're just going to slap that money bag. Over. <laughs> just the money bag. Yeah. When you see it, you want it to mean something. Mm-hmm. Mostly things are like that. As you get older, you realize hey, it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like design-wise, you know, it's just the thing. They didn't care. Yeah. And they were, you know, they didn't have money. They had two things, I think, I think so. before that I don't even know about. I know one of the guys was still living at home. So you're like touring the States. You're on MTV. And going back home. Yeah. I'm checking in with mom. Yeah. <laughs> with Linda. <laughs> yeah. And Barry. Oh, gosh. Mom, were... can you do my laundry? I got a show tonight. <laughs> mom, do we yeah. have any more pizza rolls? <laughs> mom, you got any Sunny D? <laughs> <laughs> Purple stuff. <laughs> All right, Matt. What about you? What's your, what's your memory? So both of you know that I was an educator. I don't know mm. if I've ever told you about the times that I ran the Saturday detentions. Mm. Yeah. That's where the, the kids who got in trouble would be assigned to all day Saturday mm. and they would come into the library. You know, I was a stickler. I'm going to make them sit in their seat all day without question, no talking. I would come back in and it would smell like they'd been smoking weed or something, but they didn't mess with me. Mm. One guy did. And when he did, I locked him in the storage closet. Mm. I'm pretty sure that everything went smooth that day. But then I find that they're talking about their family, talking about their problems, you know, like, oh, my parents kids abuse me and stuff like <laughs> not interested <laughs> no <laughs> so just be quiet do your work yep. then monday comes and i find out you know there's like holes in the ceiling and they've like torn Dang. stuff up and foot marks on the tables from dancing like, i don't know what At happened the school yeah kids are the worst it happened in detention principal pulls me in and he's saying i heard you locked a kid in a closet all day i'm like hey i'm running detention here mm-hmm. this isn't some kind of teenage fan club that i'm trying to build <laughs> he's like whoa Speaking of Teenage Fan Club, have you heard of that new album, Bandwagon-esque? It's their major label debut, so we started talking about Teenage Fan Club. I didn't oh get gosh. in trouble. But yeah, that's how I found out about it. Yeah. From the principal? Yep. He was in the know, like most how, principals. How, yeah, well, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knew his stuff. I never heard that story before. Yeah, we've known each other a long time. I can't believe I haven't told you that. Yeah, that sounds, it's wild how unbelievable it sounds mm-hmm. in a way. A lot of things are these days. Well, that's true. Coronavirus, for example. Thank you. Get that fake nonsense out of here. Can we talk about this? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. My real memory, it was 120 minutes. Hmm. I heard Star Sign. Uh That was it. And that was it back in the day. I mean, 
you would hear alternative music on MTV. We didn't have cable, so I didn't even have that. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at your house. and You just like stood outside his house looking <laughs> in the window. Yeah. 1 a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah, it was night. not easy as a, as a young person to be out that late, you yeah. know. Well, let's jump into it. The album from this Scottish... Haggis-eating group of young men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the album opens with the first track, The Concept. I didn't realize that all three of them sang yeah. lead. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize it for a while. Yeah, I discovered over the last couple of years that I think a lot of my favorite songs were the ones written and sung by Gerard Love. Yeah, the same. I saw them last year at the Hall River Ballroom. Uh huh. And he wasn't there. And he wasn't there. And they're not teenagers anymore. Just yeah. by the FYI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it's funny when they did, they only did a couple songs from Bandwagon Esque. Wow. And they did this. I mean, I think this is one of their ones I almost have to do. Yeah. But it's, it's funny to hear that line, you know, she likes my hair because it's down my back. Mm-hmm. They don't have long hair anymore. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, I mean they're, you know, it's like they came out and it was this sort of, oh yeah, they would have grown up too. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're probably 50s yeah. now or yeah. early 60s or whatever, but they sound great. It was just funny to contrast that line. Uh-huh. And, I always latched on to their lyrics, but lyrically they're all pretty strong, you know. Mm-hmm. They managed to be simple without being trite somehow and yeah they're clever without being pompous you know it's perfect really for like that age the age they were you know in your 20s or whatever figuring stuff out you know they're just great little sit by myself and think about it songs Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah not deep not like yeah not social commentary right yeah stuff like that yeah because i was listening to midnight oil at the time too you (laughs) know there's a lot of political stuff it wasn't anything like that yeah Mm -hmm. Well, this is an interesting song to start the album, too, because it's not super fast, upbeat. It's got this long mm-hmm. you know, outro, which to me is the best part of the song. I oh, mean, and the, the harmonies. The harmonies oh on gosh. that. I mean, I mean, I'm a terrible singer, but if I'm by myself in the car listening to this, windows rolled up. I don't want anyone to hear <laughs> course, me yeah. belting out you know, to yeah. those harmonies at the end as so best I pretty. can. That song has just a little bit of everything in a way. Mm-hmm. It's got some noise. It's got a great guitar solo great little melody the harmonies later they get likened to big star a lot as we mm-hmm. mentioned yeah. and i think it's fair i actually listened to teenage fan club before i heard big same, star same here. and it was years yeah. later yeah, when i heard that that i thought oh okay that that makes sense mm-hmm. actually when I, I remember when i first heard big star and then i looked it up i was shocked it sounds like nothing else that was happening 
in the early 70s. So I've seen some big star live stuff from that era. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how much it sounds like the record, you know, because you think that the record's got a lot of extra stuff and it does obviously but extra guitars i mm -hmm. don't think you know like they're doing all of that they were doing it live it just kind of blew my mind because i obviously never seen them play live because right. they were done but it's just it's incredible that because it's just the three of them that they can they maybe they had a, a another guy for touring but that they could produce mm -hmm. those records yeah. live that they were doing it that's i mean they were just recording what they played yeah because it's, it's so intricate you know their stuff yeah i think the first time everything. i think the first time i heard 13 by big mm -hmm. star came across like on pandora or spotify or something and I, I remember thinking like oh this must be some like maybe like a wilco or something because mm. it sounds very current yeah like mm -hmm. and then i'm like holy crap this song's 40 years old. Yeah. Yeah, way so ahead of its bands. time. Clearly, people cite them as an influence all the oh, time. so many. And it mm -hmm. makes sense. How they weren't huge, I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's a story there, of course, of yeah. record labels and infighting. Mm -hmm. I came to them through uh, the replacements. Oh, yeah. To Big Star. Mm -hmm. And that still took me a while. I was in the replacements for a while. And then I got to Big Star. And then realized, oh, all these other bands that I mm -hmm. love... Love Big Star. Yeah. <laughs> they you know? launched all the bands yeah. in that sort of college indie progressive movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's move on. Next song we're going to cover is track three. This is December. This song was probably on 75% of my mixtapes. You know, it just showed up all the time. I was always putting it on something because I just I think I liked it in the car. This and what you do to me, I think, were on, on almost everything. What is it about this song? Just like you were saying, you know, the it sort of lulls you. You know, it's a great little just side to cider, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> and I always I think gravitated towards that stuff and especially with Teenage Fan Club, they were that for me. They were, you know, I'm gonna just be by myself or something they're just great for that so this is a gerard love mm -hmm. song mm -hmm. obviously right yeah yeah his stuff just 
does that. You know, yeah. he, that's just his thing. Mm-hmm. I could never write a two-minute song, first of all. Like, so that, you know, <laughs> like, I just don't want to condense it into that. But I always liked their willingness to just be seemingly bland, but mm-hmm. so much sprinkled in there. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it is just the two chords, but it's more than that. There are a couple songs on this album where I want them to keep going. Mm-hmm. They leave you wanting more. It's not easy to do. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and to write a simple pop song is not easy. Right. Even bubblegum pop, you, you think, I could do that. Right. But you really can't. To write something this simple and that catchy that gets in your head and is really difficult. And there's lots of layers to it, too. I mean, yeah, like, like it could have been, this song could have been like a simple acoustic song playing that those chords mm-hmm. and picking and singing over it. But then you add in that bass yeah. and, you know, some even some strings and, yeah the and strings just, were just, exciting it, it add so much depth yeah to a, a pretty simple pop song and there's something about a band like this at maybe the i don't want to say the the level that they were at but the type of music that they're playing to have something like strings thrown in mm-hmm. you know it made me feel like they were on to something do you know mm-hmm. what i mean like as a as someone who was writing music and thinking about that a lot at the time you know, it gives credibility to stepping outside the norm, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, they're doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, as a young person, you're thinking, oh, it's it's got to be just loud and yeah, and, and you just think, oh, it can be it can be anything. It mm-hmm. can be lots of things, right? And then mm-hmm. you get into pavement, and I was gonna, you know, I think, oh, it, it can be so different and still be palatable. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be weird or something. You know, and that's getting up into the tangent, but you know, the strings, I think, in this particular song were something I thought was unique and added a lot of emotion to an already kind of emotional song or at least performance. Mm-hmm. Speaking of songwriting, Wood, you are one of my favorite songwriters. Oh, thank you. Not just because we've worked together for so long, but I've always loved your songwriting. You mentioned Pavement, which I've always seen as an influence. Would you say these guys are also an influence on your writing? For sure. You know, that simple that they do mm-hmm. as you know I'll do some complicated things and things that are that I don't even think are complicated that other people find I don't know if it's a rhythm it's usually a rhythm thing, thing. he would bring songs to Jeff and I mm-hmm. I don't even know the time signature and I'm playing drums oh, yeah. thinking what is this I just had to memorize it you know because it was like it was switching time signatures and it made sense all right, but boys, just, I just spent the weekend listening to nothing but Rush. <laughs> Get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Rush and Captain Beefheart, and here we go. <laughs> I didn't think I was being trying to be too clever. No. But I've always liked with Teenage Fan Club to get back to that is they do that, mm-hmm. you know, and so that was an inspiration for, you know, me getting more into that style, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, listeners, if this voice sounds familiar, it may be because Matt Wood opens our podcast <laughs> yeah. every week with his song. He's actually the third host of this podcast by yeah. now he's been, he's been <laughs> yeah. on as much as yeah, we have he's right. had more airtime than we have <laughs> that's right yeah the song radio thanks for letting us use that oh, no thanks problem. to you and Media Heat yeah. to book in the, the podcast we love it I can't tell you how many people I know who come up to me and they're like they'll start singing that song oh really yeah and like my kids like will walk around the house like singing that it's song it's such a catchy song friend of mine like last night I was talking to him he was driving back from somewhere and he was catching up on finest work songs something was happening with his phone where it kept going back to the beginning uh-huh. of the show it kept hearing that over and, over. and he's like i'm not listening anymore like he, <laughs> he was like so frustrated because he kept it like six times in a row you keep just, asking him are you listening he's like i'm trying to <laughs> for the love of god stop yeah. yeah he has a very different experience with the song i guess it's more of a nightmare situation <laughs> it was great when we started the podcast around when the ep came out 
uh-huh. and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if a song worked? It's great for this was line. perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you listening? Yeah, so. you had that in mind when you're writing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, what would be the perfect like? You podcast? have to be prepared. That's one mm-hmm. thing that that's songwriting 101. <laughs> yeah, be that's prepared for the future. Marketing. When might this be useful to someone somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care if people like it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just want to help. I just want to help everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the opening line comes from an old Encyclopedia Arcticana song oh, yeah. called yeah. "Living in the 21st Century." So that's mm-hmm. uh, Freedom rings in my ear. Yeah. Freedom rings in my ear. I don't always want to hear what you say. I get that's what I fear. made me smile when i heard it <laughs> uh, yeah i couldn't let it go you know yeah. i always like that line what you do to me mentioned before spin named this album of the year mm-hmm. and not only did it beat out nirvana's Nevermind, yeah octoon baby yeah octoon baby but that's probably a sl- like a hit job nobody wanted to give it to you too no pearl jam my bloody valentine oh, you're right like 91 that's low in theory if you're talking about album of the year i think a few years ago spin kind of like came out and and it, they kind of like retracted it sort of like oh yeah we, you know, in hindsight we probably oh made, yeah which really annoyed me it'd be like when sam Bowie was drafted ahead of Michael Jordan, them rewriting history and saying, oh, no, that never happened. Uh-huh, you know, right. No, it, it happened. It's and fine. it's not that tragic. This is Charles Barkley. Yeah. You know? I mean, right. yeah. It's, yeah. it's a really good album. Yeah. I don't think there's an issue with them naming that album of the year. I think it's actually a really bold yeah. move. It's not ridiculous. And it doesn't do anything to Nirvana's <laughs> no, success. Yeah. No. yeah. I never sing. Like, I just have a terrible voice. This is, like, the one song I've ever, like, played and sung to my wife. Is what you do to me. Nice. Yeah. And it was awful. And she, she was polite and smiled. Oh my and, God. Yeah. You got the round of applause. Yeah, I yeah. did. I'm familiar with that. <laughs> yeah, this morning. But. Twice. Then I remember getting an, kind of annoyed when that Hey There Delilah song came out. Because the chorus is like, it's what you do to me. Oh, really? I remember thinking like, oh, they're ripping off. I don't remember Teenage that. Hey There Delilah. Hey There Delilah. Is he that just, the band or the song? The Plain White Tees is the band. Oh. I remember like trying to like evangelize the people like he's ripping off Teenage Fan Club. They're like, shut up, nerd. You become that old dude. Uh-huh. Uh, I've heard this before. <laughs> Got like a Sonic Youth shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't. I mean, the words, yeah, but it doesn't make me think they're ripping it off. But it really stood out to you, like, oh, that's that's Teenage well, just, Fan Club's it's, line. It's such a I don't know what you do to me. Like, it's not like a phrase you 
just always kind of you need to just sing. let him have his anger i think <laughs> yeah right yeah, that's, that's okay that's you can true. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm upset now too let's go punch something it's kind of old school in a way right i mean mm-hmm. like the beatles would do that all yeah. the time like bands back then right you just right. have like this little just this chunk because it was all about the space of time you know like get up on the stage yeah and play your you know like the that thing the, you do, the thing you do right yeah. you know like just get up there yeah. play your thing and get off what if they want an encore? You get off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I showed that to my kids recently, and they loved it. Yeah, it's on my list to, to show to Graham. They griped their way through it in the beginning. Oh, we don't like this, mm-hmm. you know, but then they were asking for it later. And now I'm sick of the song <laughs> because they keep playing it. Doing that thing you do. It's so good. Yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a fun movie. Yeah. But it's got that, you know, it's, I don't ever think of them as a loud, a loud band, but they're very loud. You know, like, I'm sure live, this song is super loud, right? The, mm-hmm. Some of those guitars are like crunching guitars, mm-hmm. you know? Because after this record, you know, they really start to get more and more polished as you go mm-hmm. along, which, which makes Bandwagon S so unique, you know, is that it, it's, they've got these pretty songs that yeah. they develop later. But it still has the crunch, you know, of of just being a bar bands, you know, yeah, and touring around and just being those guys in the back of a van and just distortion, you and know. It, and it sounds like early '90s, like on the cusp of grunge, yeah, and that just noise. Yeah, and- it's cool though because I think about if you were able to see a show that had all these other early '90s bands and then it had Teenage Fan Club. They're so laid back. Yeah. And everyone else is trying so hard. I mean, Pearl Jam. Oh, my gosh. You know, there's like such earnestness and like... Smashing pumpkins. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so intense and and complex. And then they would come up there and just be strumming up and down (laughs) so loud. And they'd be killing it with the harmonies. And their voices wouldn't even be like tired at the end of it. You know? And it would be so cool. I feel like it would undercut everybody. Everybody else would be like, why am I trying so hard? Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Why are all these other guys so angry? Yeah. <laughs> like, we get to do this. <laughs> That's right. All right, next song is the first song I heard. This was their biggest hit. What put them on the map in the U.S. This is Star Sign. Apparently the uh, the producer was like the catalyst for the harmonies. They hadn't really been doing 
much of that. And I got in the studio and I guess he was pushing it. Wait, the three of you can sing like that? Yeah. Right. Can we do something here? <laughs> right. But even like that line, you know, it's almost just a throwaway line, but you know, big deal. Mm-hmm. I, mean, that's, I mean, it's almost like this is what we're doing. Like you know, everyone else is off doing yeah. this stuff and a big deal. You know, we're just, you know, we're not trying to be overly clever or smart right. or you know, changing the world. We're just writing really good pop songs. Yeah. And uh, that's who they were as people, who they are mm-hmm. as people. So it it was just, here we are, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You could feel that in the listening to it without even seeing them or knowing who they are. Mm-hmm. Especially at that time, probably, because like we're talking about with everything going on, you know, popular rock music was bombastic and the people that were in those bands were supposed to be, you know, kissing each other on the front of Spin or Rolling Stone and doing crazy or, you know, what they society thought was crazy. Right. Right. And and these guys are just (laughs) (laughs) shrugging their shoulders and, and playing music. Love it. Yeah. And especially when grunge came along, it was kind of based on this authenticity and this the style of grunge came from just that's what they wore you know right, so it's yeah. like these are just the clothes that we wear but then it became a style mm-hmm. grunge bands after that for that short period where grunge was the thing i mean if you're if you're at ground zero at that time probably by the time everyone else heard about grunge grunge was dead yeah to them you know yeah. I and mean, they were already like Ugh, you yeah, know but then they're trying to look and act a certain way whereas these guys are just kind of that old punk yeah, there's you no know. teenage fan club style. No. <laughs> right. Right. It's really just like that old kind of hardcore and punk scene where, yeah, yeah you just you get out of the van and you do your thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they were very much aligned with, with that versus anything mainstream. Yeah. You know. All right, next song is Guiding Star. When This song is like laying down by yourself music, you know, and it works when it's when something sucky happens, you know, because you're going through relationships then and and things are weird. But it also works when you're feeling good Mm -hmm. to me. There's there's something about it. I don't know if it's the lyrics or it's a combination, I guess. But this to me is is perfect laying down with your eyes closed or, Mm -hmm. you know, headphones on. Yeah, really reflective. And after this, right, is what is this music, is this music whatever, music? and it's just that it's just really Which celebratory. Sounds, it doesn't sound even like the same band. Yeah, but it's the perfect sort of host guiding star, you know, of mm-hmm. all this reflective time, and then there's this feel like this is like I said, this really celebratory moment at the end, mm-hmm. right? You've we've reflected, mm-hmm. and now 
let's have a good time. I yeah. think that's great. Yeah. That's really the perfect ending. I think of really when I think of Guiding Star as the end. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other bit is could be tacked on. It could just be Guiding Star could be eight minutes long mm-hmm. as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of feels like that they're, it just keeps going into a bigger mood, you know? I always just love that, that, I guess, second verse of it where it's, Jesus Christ was knocking at my door, kind of like the way he wears his hair. <laughs> kind of like the way he walks on air. Could his golden halo be the sun we all know? What a sort of like superficial description, but then it gets deep too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. on top of this, like, you know, hey, you're my guiding star kind of one-to-one personal relationship mm-hmm. song. But then you've got this really funny description about jesus yeah kind of like the way he wears his hair yeah this jesus that he's writing about is definitely like an airbrushed you know, <laughs> yeah, right, long yeah, haired yeah. wispy jesus uh, he yeah. might have a lamb on his shoulders right. or something kids, yeah. kids are gathering around boardwalk boardwalk jesus boardwalk jesus <laughs> he's beautiful yeah he's roller skating yeah he's that jesus by the end of the record you have a pretty good sense of them even mm-hmm. though you there's no there's pictures on the inside but I don't think, like you were saying at the, at the start of this, it was never about their names or their faces yeah. or who did yeah. what. But by the end of the record, you kind of get a sense of who they are, mm-hmm. right? We're just kind of these simple guys from Scotland, or whatever, who like to play rock. There's nothing, there's no underlying motivation for stardom mm-hmm. or something, you know, mm-hmm. or any shenanigans between them. They're like, they, it's not surprising to find out that they lasted so long yeah that's not like motley crew (laughs) right coming together and it's like we're going to be famous and then they're just trashing hotel rooms yeah right i don't know what their tour style was but Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if they had tea every day or something yeah i mean their reputation i think is that they were just average guys Mm -hmm. you know well even even we were talking about like the wardrobe and stuff they wore i mean I remember always thinking, we talk about REM all the time, but you know, they were very intentional about, oh, we don't want to focus on style. But in that intentionality of not focusing on style, they still focused on style. Right. I mean, like they, mm-hmm. it was still, they went through the phase where you know, they wore like FFA jackets. And it's like, you think okay, that was, there was probably some intention mm-hmm. to that. Or when you know, Mike Mills is wearing the rhinestone. The nudie yeah. suit. Yeah. You know, I mean, but with Teenage Fan Club, you feel like there's absolutely none of that. Yeah. Granted, again, they're older, but I mean, it's like they, they came out in like a button-down shirt and jeans and just played. Yeah, like know? this yeah. is, yeah, we're here to play the music, not to be a spectacle. Right. Mm-hmm. There's certainly, right. I mean, the spectacle is great. Yeah. You know, I'm not like mm-hmm. I don't like the spectacle. Right. It was, at that time, for me, this was way more. I remember you guys going to Octung Baby. Did you not go? No. Oh, I, I did. I couldn't have that. cared less. I did not realize. I that. mean, I liked the record, but yeah. I wasn't into the spectacle then. And I would have been happy to see the Pixies. Of course, I had yeah. no idea. None of us did, right? I mean, you didn't know stuff like right. that. I knew Pixies. Did you? Yeah. Was it on the ticket? That's yeah. And that's I had Trompelimon. Oh, I know because I got it. Because you me. got it. I <laughs> traded him Trompelimon for Tom Petty's Greatest Hits, and he still gives me crap about it. <laughs> that's an insane trade. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. We were in college, and I'm sure I just wanted American Girl to put on a mixtape for somebody. Right. Uh, I just thought it was amazing that yeah. I'm going to have this. He still gives me crap about that. Yeah. I don't know why it, it matters. I mean, clearly, you just take my CDs anyway. You've had my teenage <laughs> fan club for yeah, 20 years. Right. And, and I was saying to him, I was like, I think this was part of a trade at some point. It was on the drive here. I realized that, no, this is, at some point, I just stole this. It's a one-way trade. Yeah, yeah. At some point, I borrowed it because... 
we lived together for a bit there yeah. too and we were always yeah. visiting each other so our things would you know yeah. especially music you'd have some yep. in this car yeah, some in that car it, right yeah. and so at some point i just I, I know that i made a decision to not give it back <laughs> like yeah. i it was that it was important to me you know mm-hmm. like that i wanted it one thing listeners that we like to do is challenge each other to remove a song and so teenage fan club is going to make you eat some haggis oh there you go if you don't remove a song off of bandwagon-esque so if you had to this is easy what song would you remove satan <laughs> yeah, get the behind me Satan. Oh, it's, it's I like the noise and stuff in their music, but yep. I've never been a fan of the noise track. Even at the end, people say, "Well, they save it," like, it yeah. but you're done by then. I yeah. don't, a lot of times, I would skip over the concept just to be past. You know, it was easier just to start on track three. Yeah, right, right, right. than to have to skip or whatever because you have to go back to your CD player, yeah, right? And right. just skip it. <laughs> but yeah, that one for sure because I couldn't care less. What about you? Satan. Satan all the way. Same thing. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I kind of liked the noise on some albums and it seems of its time. Yeah. Oh, we're going to do the track. There's Mm -hmm. just feedback and symbols. Yeah. And, you know, Nirvana and and Sonic Youth and all these bands like that had really championed them. I mean, they were coming from that Mm -hmm. noise place and probably being encouraged to put noise, you know. I just found it annoying yeah. and distracting. And you take that out, and it doesn't affect the album at all. Yeah. That's mine as well. We are three for three on that, and for the reasons that you all mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being here today. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. It was fun. Really cool to talk about this album and relive some memories. And also for people to meet the voice mm. that, that right. they've mm. been hearing sing to them. I hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> See, it's I It was good yeah. for us. <laughs> I am listening. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Finest Work Songs and on Facebook and shoot us an email, finestworksongs at gmail.com. All right, we'll see you next time with another Epipod. But until then, remember, it's 2020. It's an election year. So when you vote, vote Finest Finest Work Songs. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.